Thank you for joining the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues Mitch Jelniger and Jordan Sherman. You may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. When you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not. Creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD hemp and medical marijuana brand. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders, and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast. We are recording on Friday, June 23rd, and we are so happy you're joining us for this next exciting conversation. You know, today we're going to talk to Janelle Stelton-Holtmeyer. She is the managing editor of Green Market Report, and she's going to talk to us today about why some companies in the industry are doing really well, and some other really well-known companies are actually not doing so well and even pulling out of the U.S., and I can't wait to talk to her to get her insight as to how some of the lessons learned can apply to your company. Very good. Yeah, she'll be talking about uh, the importance of building customer loyalty, which is, of course, the first leg of our uh, brand protection PR, and how that may play out in the industry. And also in our second leg of our brand protection PR plan, we always talk about insider media relations. And this is where you really get some great tips, especially from a journalist like Janelle. We're going to look for her insights on the types of financial stories that maybe intrigue her or other journalists, and maybe some tips or story ideas that get some coverage in the Green Market Report. Yeah, and then finally, we know that all of our listeners are working on building a resilient brand, and we're excited to get Janelle's insight on what successful companies are doing to prepare for upcoming financial challenges and the opportunities here in the next three to six months. So let's get started. We will welcome Janelle to the studio. Thank you so much for joining us on the Move Stairs podcast today. Janelle, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and Green Market Report? All right. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I've been covering the cannabis industry and uh, it started out with, in particular with hemp and finance uh, back in 2018. And I've been with Green Market Report now since August of last year, helping to build its coverage of the industry. And Green Market Report uh, started five years ago, was acquired by Crane Communications in 2021. And we've been building as a team since then as well, um, covering the cannabis industry at large and uh, the psychedelics industry. So we're always looking for new ways to reach people. So appreciate being on here. Well, I'm so thrilled you're here because I really want to talk to you about you know what it is that makes the difference between whether he makes it or they don't make it. And we know one of the keys is customer and we do brand protection PR. Customer loyalty is one of the legs of our stool um, that really makes a difference. So I want to ask you, you've seen companies like completely pull out of the U.S. and go back to Canada, while a company like Simply Brands has you know, doubled its sales. Do you think customer loyalty is a factor there? I think customer loyalty is a factor because, but that customer loyalty absolutely has to be built on delivering on your promise. Um, and that's a lot of what you've seen in the industry, particularly the CBD side is there's a lot of promises out there that don't deliver. Um, so I think that's, uh, where the brands can build their loyalty best, uh, as for companies that have pulled out of the United States already, 
I think the problem there is they were not focused on their customers for the market that exists in the U.S. So Kronos, for example, uh, they entered into the United States so that they would have a footprint for when they expected cannabis to go federally legal. Um, they weren't focused on the market where it was at. So it wasn't focusing on the customers that they could have in the United States right now. Fascinating. Yeah, knowing your customer is key, right? <laughs> knowing your customer, knowing the market, not planning for today as opposed to planning for what you hope comes down the line um, is absolutely critical for finding success in today's market. Right. Well, and, and we were just surprised by the fact that some of these companies are moving completely out of the U.S. You can see how kind of erratic it can be. Do you think the price of cannabis, since that's also been uh, uh, erratic, has that impacted the market in what way? Oh, absolutely. Um, with the, the different things. So CBD, we saw the prices completely plummet. There, there's little profitability uh, in there because there's such a glut on the market. You're seeing that in different markets on the medical marijuana side as well. Um, you've got the New York market, which has been trying to roll out its adult use cannabis market right now, but you've got the farmers there who a lot of them have been hemp farmers in the past, have received conditional licensing, who still have all of their product from last year that they have no outlets for in the state. And um, so the prices have dropped out. There's no profitability. They have no way to move the product. Um, anytime the price is low, you're going to see a lot of people not wanting to sell, wanting to wait and hold their product as well. And that creates a very strange dynamic. And not to mention the fact that a lot of these states have really made it easy to get in. Oklahoma, Oregon, uh, California is just a mess, but uh, we'll, we'll go across the board there. So there's such a glut of product out there because it's been so easy to get in, but there's also nowhere to move it. Interesting. Yeah, that makes for a, uh, a very difficult, you know, um, yeah. you, you just Thanks. don't know what to expect. Exactly. Because um, you could hoard yeah. it until um, you're ready, essentially, to, to jump back in. So, and then you're paying for storage and you have to make sure that it's all, all maintaining its quality and not degrading. And right. uh, it's just becomes very complicated. I, I think we all know the answer to this follow up question. But, you know, what is going to be <laughs> what would it take to open those floodgates, Janelle, to have everyone say, all right, you know, let, let's get this into the market. Let's offload this um, um, this CBD or this hemp uh, and push it back out there. Well, looking at the reality of today, as I said, that we all need to be doing. Um, what mm -hmm. we need to see is, is markets that are coming online actually come online. Um, so New York needs to, to become coordinated and give the growers an outlet um, to move these products. Uh, there, at the last time I checked, which was a couple of weeks ago, there were only 13 stores in the entire state open, um, retail wow. stores. And that's on the adult use size, I'm, side. I mean, we have the, the registered organizations, which are the medical marijuana stores, that uh, have 10. Uh, there are 10 of those. So it's a very limited access market, even though it's supposed to be blown wide open. The problem there as well is you need to get rid of the illicit market. You need to get effective at removing the access for the bad actors. Um, there again, in New York City alone, I think they're estimating that there are 2,500 uh, smoke shops where you can get gray market 
cannabis. Um, but that affects every single state market that exists. There's a gray market. Can you effectively move that so that it becomes that the product that is on the legal market that has to pay taxes, that has to go through all of this testing, um, is that the smarter place for, for consumers to go? Yes, in some ways, but when it comes to price, it's often not. So that's the reality first, is the markets need to get cleaned up. Um, then the second thing is a lot of these brands in the industry were started on personality. And we're at the point where the industry needs more than personality. You need actual business acumen to make these successful brands. And I love the mission stories that are out there, all these small companies that have started because they believe in the mission of cannabis and how it can save people. But if you don't have the business acumen, that's not going to get you far enough when you see these market swings. So one of those, uh, one of the business acumens there may be, you know, that consumer loyalty. And we have seen some businesses um, who have seemed to crack that code a little bit um, that have been able to deliver revenue on a um, consistent and reliable basis. Can you talk about some of those companies and what it is that they're doing well? Uh, well, there aren't that many of them yet. <laughs> um, and a lot of the companies that still exist in cannabis are privately mm -hmm. owned. So we can only, we don't have ways to verify that they are doing what they say they're doing. Um, but speaking of some of the public companies that we have, Merrimet is one that we've seen that has been very successful. It's one of the few companies that is turning a profit. And what it is, is it's really focusing on the, the standard pill pillars of business, which is knowing your customer, knowing your market, knowing, keeping your costs in line, um, not investing wildly in ways that, in things that don't necessarily benefit for the long term, um, and really just being conscious about their, how they're building their market share and their market strategies. They're going into very specific markets, um, particularly limited license markets, where they don't end up with the Oklahoma type of competition where anyone and their grandmother can get in and open a store. Um, that's one of the big things is really just assessing that market and knowing your market and knowing your customers and getting back to that brand loyalty piece is delivering on that promise to your customers. You, they know you're going to be there for the long term. They know you're going to give them what they want, what they need. They're going to keep coming back to you. And, and being convenient is another aspect of that knowing which markets, where your customers are and making sure that they can get to you. That access is critical for building any type of uh, that long-term success. It, it seems too that customers these days are pretty savvy. Would you agree? I mean, they're pretty well educated. So they're going to be asking questions to see if you're keeping that promise, you know, about your product, where it comes from. Um, I, that's important, I would say. There's, there's definitely a segment that is. Um, and then there's a segment that isn't at all. All they're gonna, all they're going to see is they're gonna buy your product, yeah. and they're gonna try it. And if it doesn't deliver, they're never coming back to you, or they're never gonna try the product again, any type of product. So you can actually turn them off from the entire industry by not delivering on that promise. And so you're going to miss out on any potential future customers because, as we know, um, when you write a review, people are more likely to write a bad review than they are a good review. I the numbers used to be like by six times. I think that number's gone up with the accessibility of online reviews. 
um, because it takes effort for people to go out. You get, it's way easier to get a bad review. And if you get a bad review on one, they're going to turn off other customers. And so you're going to get the reverse of brand loyalty. You're going to get brand aversion. Um, and yeah. so it, it's, it's got to start at the beginning. You, you've got to offer the quality product. You've got to make sure you're delivering a safe product. You've got to make sure that you have that information when someone asks. Provide your certificate of authenticity. Provide any testing that you have had. You've got to be prepared to educate your customer. They may know the questions to ask, but you're the one who's going to be able to deliver the useful answers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good advice. Well, at MBC Communications, we are all former journalists. So fun for us to interview a fellow journalist. So we, we appreciate you being here today. We use that experience to try to help our clients so they can kind of navigate the media landscape. Because sometimes we'll hear stuff like, well, I, I saw company XYZ being quoted in some article, be maybe at local or national or trade pub. Why'd they talk to them? I do a better job. It's like, well, did you make yourself available? Well, no. Aha. Uh, there's part of the problem. So we try to help them in that regard and, and, and help them uh, kind of navigate. Trying to build their, their customer base. I'm going to kind of pick your brain for a moment. What are the elements that make, say, a perfect story for you, uh, for you to assign to, say, a green market report? Something that's different. Something that's going that that's not the same old. This is what we're doing, and and um, saying the exact same thing. We provide better quality at a better price um, for for broader quality. You know that kind of thing. We want to hear something different. We want to hear specifics about what you're doing differently in order to build that brand loyalty, to build the success in your company. It also has to be something that's applicable to more than your company. We want it to be, um, if we're gonna feature your company uh, and say a profile, we want you to provide lessons for other people in the industry. Um, we wanna hold you up as this icon of what to do right. Um, and personally, and, and this, uh, I get some weird responses when I tell this, personally, I love people who are willing to tell the hard stories. Um, how did you overcome the challenges? Okay. Uh, in a past life, I covered uh, the wholesale distribution industry. And this was right after the housing collapse in 2008, 2009. And building material companies were, were struck hard. And we had one company that was willing to go on record and tell us how they came out of bankruptcy after that. And it's a fantastic story because it gives that lesson of what are the hard choices you need to make when facing this, this challenge. And this is how they succeeded. Um, I love people who are willing to open up and share the stories about how they overcame the challenges. I agree because then when the, um, when the reader or the listener or the viewer is, is reading that story, is getting that information, it's very relevant to them. It's things that, that can make their lives better, make their businesses better. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's so important to get those, those nuggets even if it's one or two things, man, it can really make the difference, especially when you're going through any type of a, a crisis, especially yep. a financial crisis in your company. So it also, when makes, it also makes people more human. And that's yes. a big factor for, yeah. for what we look for. We don't want the canned quotes. We don't want the I'm so excited about. We want to, to share the humanity of the industry and the, the operators within it. So um, that's the number one thing. Be human. I love that. But I also think, though, that when people think of quotes um, and PR companies many times write the quotes that and they're like, this is what you need to say. 
um, which I hate. Um, how, when you're listening for something, we all know there's that, there's that sentence that comes out of someone's mouth and, and all four of us would say, that's the quote. And we'd all say it at the same time. And I think that's one of those, um, one of those things that we develop an ear for it. But when you're on the other side and you're not a journalist and, you, and you're sitting, you're thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What kind of tips do you give people so that there are quotes that are really going to make a difference in an article and really make that article sing and, and have that person connect with whoever is, is reading the article? Don't overthink it. Um, that's the number one tip, because if you're overthinking it, you're, you're losing that humanity. Um, and really, most if you think about most of those quotes, it's someone who sounds like they're saying something they truly believe. It is something that is coming from their heart. It's not coming from their head. And yes, I know that's a dangerous thing um, on the PR side to, to recommend to people. But those are the quotes we look for. Um, that goes back to the hard stories. It's right. it's you. I, I interviewed um, executives at a, at a large company once um, outside of the cannabis industry, and they refused to say that they had challenges or that you know they made missteps at any point. And, and I mean, these are publicly documented errors that they had made. Um, no, they were speed bumps. And those are the things that I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear this overproduced, um, very carefully orchestrated, control the message type of quote. I want to hear the reality. I want to hear it from a human. I want to hear how it affected you. I want to hear your emotion. Um, don't tell me you're excited, be excited in your words. Right. Uh, don't tell me that it was rough. Uh, tell me why. Uh, I want to hear the details. I want to hear the feeling. I want to hear the humanity. I love that. That's great. Yeah, those, those memorized quotes, we've all heard them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and they're spinning it out like, is that really in your words? That doesn't sound like yeah. something you would say. Yeah. As a journalist, we're you know when we hear we hear it every day, and it's like okay, you know we you're just wasting valuable TV time at that point. <laughs> yep. Um, so Janelle, we know Green Market Reports a fabulous resource to know um, on a daily basis. You talk about what's happening in the industry, which is amazing. Are you looking for any specific types of companies or angles to highlight? Um, as we're now getting kind of deep into 2023, we got the farm bill on the horizon. Um, let our listeners know. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're looking for the stories that mm -hmm. not everyone else is covering. Um, we, we are looking for the, we, our audience is primarily focused on businesses. Um, so it's mm -hmm. not the consumer driven stories. Um, love your brands, but I don't care if you're releasing a new brand um, because that's only relevant to your company and to your customers. What I'm interested in is how are you entering new markets so um, that are coming on? Why are you entering new markets? Um, I'm interested in hearing how are you preparing for economic turmoil? Because I mean, we haven't seen this imminent uh, recession come into play yet, but we're still here people talking about it. How are you dealing with the high interest rates? How are you dealing with the challenges that are just inherent in the industry with transportation, um, testing, bottlenecks, things like that? I, I know it sounds pretty generic, but what we want to do is really provide that information 
to the industry that is useful to the industry uh, on what's going on. And obviously, how well are you doing in the market? What are the challenges you're facing? Uh, what would you like to see in the market? Those are the kinds of stories that I that really get me excited. Those are great ideas. And I think that that's really important. It kind of gives people, you know, what I like about what you're saying is that for our listeners that are out there, if you haven't had media coverage, your story hasn't been told. And so you absolutely have a great chance because you do have something that's unique. You just need to figure out what that is and kind of get it into a, a fairly succinct pitch so that somebody like Janelle is somebody that you could reach out to and contact and, and, uh, and who knows what could happen from there. So that would be very great. You know, the, Janelle, the number yeah. one, the, the number one tip for um, getting coverage from a company like ours is let us know who you are. You yeah. don't even have to have a pitch. Um, send us, just reach out and introduce yourself to us. We have source files that when we're working on a story, we look, so who can we talk to? And we often want to talk to people we haven't talked to a million times. Mm -hmm. But if we don't know that you exist, there's chance, you know, a good chance we'll never know you exist. Um, so send me an email and say, hey, um, this is who I am. This is what my company is. And here are topics that I can talk about. And so we'll I'm going to put a in now. You better wait till the end of the podcast because Janelle's going to give you all her contact information. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Janelle, the third part of brand protection PR is forecasting, is looking out the next three to six months. And I work with our companies um, on this brand resilience part is because if you're semi-prepared, you only have to be semi-prepared for things that you think have a good likelihood of coming, then you're not a deer in the headlights when they show up. You've, you've got kind of a plan. So we always ask um, the people that we talk to, especially journalists, because I love this about journalists, because you're always looking three to six months ahead because you're planning what kind of coverage you're going to be doing. And then of course, reacting to whatever's happening as far as breaking news, but what's on your plan for the next three to six months that you think is going to be really, really important. We're going to see more companies fall out. Um, mm -hmm. That really is the big thing. It, it's, it's depressing. It's sad. I know it's not what most people want to hear, um, but we are going to see more brands fall out just because it's too hard. They don't have that foundation. We have seen several court cases coming up, um, bankruptcy protection for those that can get it, uh, receiverships for companies that can't uh, with the federal status, the federally illegal status of cannabis right now. So uh, that's the number one thing and really seeing how companies deal with that kind of situation. But that also creates an opportunity for, com for companies that have that strong foundation that I talked about before um, to really build in the markets that are seeing these challenges if you are doing things correctly. So over the next three to six months, that's probably going to be the biggest story is we're going to see kind of the shakeup um, just because it is a really tough market financially right now. What, what, I, can I ask you real quick too? Um, you talked about the glut of product that's on the market right now. I'm wondering if that's going to help mitigate that somewhat, which could lead to even more opportunity for the companies. It could. Um, it depends on which market it is, really, um, because, I mean, we have all of these markets that are legal at different status, hemp legal across the country, 
uh, medical marijuana in most of the states, even adult use is now in most of the states. Um, not all of that product can be moved across lines. So each market is really its own individual market. And even when you're moving hemp across state lines, you can run into challenges because it can go hot while it's in the truck and, and all of the complications there. Or you could just be in Idaho and be pulled over and be, be told that it's illegal anyway. Um, <laughs> so um, it could. Uh, I, I won't flat out say that it will, um, but it could. But like I said, it definitely can create opportunities because for the companies that are prepared to, to go into that area. Great. Uh, the other thing that I think we're going to see is that we're going to see a lot more companies not necessarily closing down, but really hyper-focusing on new areas. We've seen it with like Leaf has pulled out of certain markets. Um, and, and really seeing where is our success. We're not going to shut down. We're not going to collapse, but we need to refocus where the opportunity really is and get that business focus rather than just, I need to be everywhere. Following up on that question um, that you just answered from Diane, Janelle, you know, of those stories that you were just mentioning, you know, the, the financial kind of uncertainty, will there be a recession? Will there not be a recession? Um, are you focusing on certain markets? Are you pulling out of certain markets? Just generically, how should our viewers, how should our listeners be preparing for this type of scenario? It may be a generic question, but it's a very important question um, because that gets back to what I was saying about personalities versus business acumen. There, you, you should at this point really be focusing on your business processes. You should really be making sure that you are approaching this as a business and not just a hobby or a lark that you think it's going to be successful because of the magic of hemp. I believe that there are medicinal properties. I do, but that's not going to make you a successful business. Um, so getting into a lot of the basic business principles of if you're forecasting out, make sure that you're doing a best case, a base case, and a worst case, and recreating that plan for how are you going to address each situation. Um, best case, usually pretty easy. It's like, what am I going to do with the money that's all flowing in? But if the worst case comes about, it's like, where where am I planning right now to make up for that shortfall? How are we going to overcome that? Because if you have those plans in place right now, it's going to be much easier to deal with when the situation comes around. And if you're planning right now, um, those plans can be adjusted for the future. Creating it the first time is always the hardest. Uh, and then you can just update it in, in, down the line really looking at your books, making sure that everything is documented properly. So if someone comes in and does an audit of your, your company, you can provide all of the information you need. Uh, making sure that you're building your relationships with your supply chain partners. That is critical as well. Um, because if you uh, don't have a relationship, if you're just another business cog in, in the machine, if you run into trouble, you're not going to be able to renegotiate any terms with your supply chain partners if you need to. It's setting the foundation for potential problems right now. Even if you don't believe they'll ever happen, having that in your toolbox is going to help you down the line. Yeah, preparing for the unexpected which needs to be done for every business at every time, right? Uh, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, some great advice. And so if we have folks that are listening and go, okay, uh, I, this sounds great. I'm ready to share my story. How would they get a hold of you or fellow reporters at Green Market Report? 
So there are a couple different ways. Um, one, just go to our site, greenmarketreport.com. And uh, if you click on the about page, you'll see all of our, our team there and who you want to reach. If you want to reach me directly, you can feel free to email me at Janelle. That's J-E-N-E-L. I know it's spelled really weird. Um, J-E-N-E-L at greenmarketreport.com. Uh, those are actually the best ways to, to send us any kind of information because I will filter through everything and get it to where it needs to be. Perfect. You can awesome. also find me on LinkedIn um, and, and I respond to all messages there too. I love that. And, and I would just, um, I would say to the, our, to our listeners and our viewers, uh, if you haven't checked out Green Market Report, just put it on your list to do every morning because you're going to get a really good idea of what's been happening and, and keeping track of that financial side is so very, very important. Janelle, you have just been fabulous. This has been a phenomenal interview and we really, really appreciate it. Um, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Move the Stairs podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It, it's been a lot of fun. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Wow, that was that was great. I mean, there was just there were so many nuggets to talk about. Um, I loved when she said on customer loyalty that you have to plan for today and build that customer loyalty with the customers you have today, not who you're hoping to have in the future. It's not that she's very clear. It's not that you're not looking to the future, but you better take care of today if you want your business to be successful and get that customer loyalty. Yeah. And delivering on that promise. And we, we talked about insider media relations. Some great tips. It's like we, it, she was like, she's singing our song, right? <laughs> uh, Offer something different. Oh, I, I have a hemp store and I'm and, and it, it's great. OK, well, we need a little bit more background. Tell your story and being transparent uh, and, and share not only the highs, but the lows. Now you're human. You're more relatable. Uh, that can be a, a real key for uh, for, for journalists and also for people seeking your business out. And I think finally for um, brand resiliency, what, what struck me is Janelle talked so much about, you know, how, how we could take this big question of, you know, how do we prepare for any one of these, you know, um, challenges that could occur over the next three to six months. And it basically comes down to making sure that you have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. You know, what is your base scenario? What is the worst case? What is the best case? Are your financials in order? Um, do, you, do you have your certificate of analysis ready to go in case you're audited? What, what are the other compliance um, paperwork that you can um, supply in case you're audited? Um, some basic steps that you can put into place um, to protect yourself and prepare yourself for what may be coming down the line. Um, who knows by the end of 2023? Yeah, yeah. Lots of unknown out there. Well, we want to thank our special guest, Janelle Shelton Holtmeyer uh, from Green Market Report, managing editor there for joining us on this Move the Stairs podcast. Thank you for joining us for this one. And we hope you'll join us again soon for our next all new episode of the Move the Stairs podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase Move the Stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. 
I walked over, unbolted the stairs, and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.